Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast, and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Welcome to our Monday night Truth and Liberty live cast. I'm Andrew Womack. I've got Richard Harris here with us. He's our chief counsel. And our guest tonight is the infamous or famous, however you uh, <laughs> view him, Lance Waldow. And he's streaming in with us, and we're going to have a great time. We've had a, uh, we've had a great discussion before the program started. You should have been in on it. But anyway, I want Richard to let you know how you can participate and uh, be a part of this. We've also got some giveaways. We've got uh, meetings coming up, all kinds of things. So, Richard, I'll yes. let you give them all that detail. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, it's so great to have Lance uh, with us tonight. I'm really looking forward to this. And thank you to all of you who are watching. It is an interactive broadcast. Uh, and if you'd like to post your comments or questions uh, for Lance or Andrew, you can do that. If you're watching on our website, just do it in the chat, uh, chat function there. If you're on Facebook, you can do it in the comments section there. And we'll do our best to get to those questions uh, tonight with uh, Lance. So I uh, also wanted to mention um, that uh, on our website, we have a number of new resources resources that we've posted uh, there that I encourage you to check out. To mention a few of them, one of them is a new uh, report by George Barna about polling among millennials. And uh, the report uh, really demonstrates uh, in my, you know, you could look at it as glass half empty or half full. I look at it as millennials are a harvest field. I mean, they are hurting and they need Jesus. And uh, take a look at that. I think it will be inspirational to you and help explain a lot of things. Also, Rick Green has a new um, product out called Biblical Citizen citizenship in modern America, and I am really excited about this. It's designed for churches to teach the Constitution from a Christian perspective, and uh, I think it's a powerful tool, and check that out as well, and uh, a number of other resources, so uh, those are there for you. We've got some events coming up here at Andrew Womack Ministries that I want to tell you about. Uh, first off, the Heart of Christmas, uh, December 10th through the 12th. That's just right around the corner now. This is a, uh, a musical, a Broadway-style musical put on by and, and written by Robert and Elizabeth Murin, and it's an awesome show. I mean, it will remind you of the real reason for Christmas and how blessed we are to know the Lord. It's a powerful, powerful show. So you can go on awmi.net and uh, get your tickets for that now and make it out. It's a great way to celebrate the holidays with your family here in the Rocky Mountains. Also, a live nativity uh, on December the 16th through the 19th. It's designed to be a drive-by experience for you and your family. With uh, You can tune into the radio, hear Christmas music, and and uh, uh, see, uh, you know, the baby Jesus and the manger scene and everything in life-size display. It's really awesome. And the whole campus will be decked out in beautiful Christmas lights more than ever before. So uh, that'll be an awesome thing. And then uh, one of the greatest events in Andrew's schedule is the Phoenix uh, Gospel Truth Conference. And that is January 6th through the 8th uh, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Check out details on the website there. Andrew, who's ministering with you e. this w. year? E.W. Jackson. Oh, my goodness. E.W. Awesome. Jackson. Oh, gosh. I'm that's going to be awesome. 
That's going to be great. You guys if you won't, won't want to miss that. If you haven't heard EWI I tell you, you have missed one of life's great treasures. Well, that's it's the awesome. truth. He is, um, he is amazing. Um, the, every uh, week here on Truth and Liberty, uh, we give away a free product to, the, to our new subscribers. So if you haven't subscribed to our weekly blog and newsletter, I really encourage you to do that. I know you all get a lot of emails. We all do. But I think ours are really good and valuable. And I uh, encourage you to do that. Just go on our website, upper right-hand corner, click subscribe, share your email with us, and you'll be eligible to receive our free product giveaway. Last week, we gave away... Andrew's book, You've Already Got It. And I want to congratulate Ilana Bias. You're the winner of that. You'll be getting an email from us shortly about how you can claim that gift. Uh, this week, we're giving away Andrew's book, Financial Stewardship. And if you, you may not have read this one. This is, I don't know how many of these you sell, but this is one of my favorite series because it presents the, the biblical message of finances in a balanced way. It's, it talks about prosperity, but it also talks about stewardship and our responsibility and how we uh, can walk in the in the, the victory in that area uh, by observing God's word in both of those arenas. So uh, subscribe today and be eligible for that. Also, um, we do what we do here at Truth and Liberty. And I tell you, we have so many things God has laid on our heart to accomplish here and we're doing them, but we do it through the generosity of our members. Thank you to all of you who are members. If you're not a member, will you consider being a member of Truth and Liberty today? All you have to do is go on our, our website to the donate page and sign up there to make a recurring contribution of $5 or more per month and you'll become a Truth and Liberty member and we'll send you a gift in the mail which is Alex McFarland's book The Assault on America How to Defend Our Nation Before It's Too Late and uh, we'd be happy to send that to you in the mail and last tonight if you need prayer if you want someone to agree with you in prayer please call in to our phone center uh, 719-635-1111 and trained spirit filled Word of God ministers are standing by to agree with you in prayer so that's all I've got here Andrew. Some of you might remember that we had Tina Peters and Sharona Bishop on. Uh, Tina is the uh, county clerk in Mesa County, Colorado, out in Grand Junction. And uh, anyway, she backed up the machines before Dominion came in to do a service on them. And, and then she compared after they had serviced it with before, and there were 29,000 files deleted. She's claiming voter fraud through this and the... FBI has raided her months ago, but then they just did it again last week, and Richard's going to be speaking at a rally in support of them. Yep. Is it Wednesday? It's Wednesday at noon. And uh, that'll be out in um, Mesa County in Grand Junction. So we're involved in a lot of things, and there's a lot of things going on that we hadn't got time to share with you. But praise God, truth and liberty is making a difference. We're standing up against this ungodliness, and Lance Wall now is just a blessing to have him with us. Matter of fact, Lance is one of the board members uh, and the directors of Truth and Liberty. And so, Lance, we appreciate you being with us. And he told me not to give him a fancy introduction. I'm not very good at fancy introductions anyway. <laughs> but I will say that Lance just thinks differently than most people do. And Lance, there is so much negative stuff going on. I've read that they now are interning people in Australia if they have the virus. We got this new strand out. They're talking about not only having two uh, vaccines and a booster, but now you got to get another vaccine. And I mean, it looks like the world's coming unraveled. What do you say? How do you see this stuff playing out, Lance? Well, you know, what's interesting, Andrew, is as we always go back to this, Jesus said, take heed what you hear. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, it's, there is an 
unconscious, people are not aware of the voltage that comes through toxic news when the news is coming from the devil. Remember when Jesus promised to go pray for that, uh, for that ruler's uh, daughter and, uh, they, and a voice comes and says, don't trouble the master because she's dead. And he basically had to dismiss that and said, basically, listen, don't pay attention to anyone but me, only believe. And I, I just came out of a, of a great moment I was telling you about before the broadcast where I had, I, a person was in a coma for three, three weeks and they, I was asked to go speak a, a message maybe on my phone and just speak a, a memo and send it. And they were going to hold it up to this man's ear. His name is Willie. He's in Scotland. And that uh, they believed, they had faith that if he could hear my voice, because he listens to me teach, that, that he would come out of the coma. And indeed, he did. And I was speaking the word of That's God awesome. to him. And he came out of the coma. Well, my faith was, of course, as is, as is understandable, I was feeling great about that. And I'm thinking, we got to do more of this. And right away, I flip on the news channel and I see, oh, there's a new corona, there's a new COVID variant coming out of South Africa. It looks like this one has 30 deviations of receptors that are able to outwit and outsmart even elder the viruses. This could be the most deadly. And I, right away, I'm thinking, oh my gosh. And, and before I could put my filter up, already I had this spirit of anxiety and fear, and and uh, and I, but I caught it because I was coming from an environment of faith a minute ago. And I realized, oh my gosh, what people are gonna be dealing with in this next chapter, if you don't keep, if you don't guard what you hear and how you hear it. So right away, I start looking, now this is a fact, Andrew, I start doing some research real quick on the authorities that uh, let, uh, particularly the guy that created the RNA vaccine, Malone, Dr. Malone. And he's the guy that may get the award for it because, but he's also a critic of the fact that they're mm -hmm. implementing this vaccine thing all wrong. He said, man, you should just be vaccinating the, the most vulnerable and letting herd immunity step in. Now what you've done is you got everybody so vaxxed up that it creates a playing field for this virus to adapt. That's what they do. They adapt. He said, we've made it easier for an adaptation, but he said, but the research coming out of South Africa so far is that it's a very mild variant. It has some unique characteristics, but it's it's not, it's hardly a threat. But you see right away, the media wanted to make it a threat because that's newsworthy. It works with the devil's agenda to control your life. But as soon as I got some truth on it, I realized, you know something my initial instinct was don't believe what you're hearing till you get the facts for yourself because there's an agenda in the news that's toxic. After I got the facts, I realized so far what we know is this is not as dangerous as they are making it sound. It's as though they want it to be dangerous because it plays into their power to control you. Mm -hmm. Lance, let me ask you this. You were talking about how you were on this high after seeing the power of God bring a guy out of a coma, and then you hear all of this negative stuff, and instantly here was, you know, the opposite coming at you. How do you respond to this? Some people, because of the very thing you're describing, they think, well, I'm just turning off the news. I'm not listening to anything. But you and I are engaged in this cultural war, yeah. as I think all of us should be. How do you stay engaged and aware of what's going on and yet keep your faith built up. Well, because you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. You have to keep, but to me, I have to keep on digging. Jesus said, dig until you know you hit the rock. 
I have to keep digging on these things, Andrew, until I hear the shovel go dink. I have to dig on these truths till I hit the truth that is in the truth, meaning that I'm listening to what, whether it's election fraud or January 6th, and I'm disturbed about the narrative. But if I keep digging, Andrew, I, my shovel will go dink, and I'm going to hit the absolute truth. And when I do, I find that it strengthens me. It actually builds my faith because it contradicts the narrative I'm hearing, and it, it, it lets me know what reality is. And there's something about reality. You know, they got these black box recorders. If a plane ever goes down, they always want to get the black box recorder. Why? Because the recorder actually has what happened. And it's not an opinion, it's not a news spin, it's not a theory, it's what happened. And so I believe that the spirit of truth wants to be the black box recorder. And, and listen, the Bible is a book of blessings and warnings. It's just as truthful about what not to do. It shows if you do this wrong, this can happen. If you do this right, this can happen. I think we want to know the truth, even if the truth leads me to an unpleasant discovery. I find myself strangely edified when I get to the truth because the truth always is redemptive for me because it's an instruction that I could draw from. And our business in teaching is to give people the empowering meaning in world events. I can't switch off the news. I have to dig until I get to the reality of what's going on. And then I've got the empowering meaning. And Andrew, when I've got the empowering meaning, I can empower believers with the truth. Even if it's not a pleasant truth, there's a strength that will come in hearing it from the Spirit of God. But Lance, the stuff that's being reported today, I'm convinced that most of it is just total lies. I believe that they have blown this COVID way out of proportion. One percent or less actually uh, succumb, and most of those had some other problem that aggravated it. And uh, so anyway, there's just lies being spoken. I've seen two or three commercials yesterday about that the vaccine is totally safe. Mm -hmm. And yet uh, you could probably speak to this better, but you were talking about Gerald Ford back during the SARS thing. When they had five deaths, they put a warning out. And when they had 25 deaths from the SARS vaccine, they stopped it. We now have tens of thousands of verified deaths from the vaccine, and they're still saying that it's safe, whereas back during Ger Gerald Ford's day, uh, they stopped it because of 25 deaths. It's just, we're being lied to. So how do you get to the truth listening to all of the junk that's being said? Well, that, well, that's, well that's the good part. You know, remember that verse in, in, uh, where Paul said that, um, you know, he's exhorting about unity, and then he says, ah, but, it, but it, it's necessary that there be divisions among you, that those which are approved may be made manifest. And I look at it this way, it's necessary sometimes that you have all these um, hypnotic doctors saying the same thing. And I think that's largely because they're programmed to speak a certain way. They're funding, they don't get funding from the government if they don't, if they don't buy into the party line. But those that are approved become manifest. Because, like I said, this guy, Dr. Malone, I started, I said, well, wait a second, I'm listening to him. I guess it was on Bannon's war room, and I'd heard him earlier. He is the guy that innovated the RNA vaccine. The vaccine, which, by the way, is a remarkable uh, innovation. And, you know, I heard one guy say, hey, don't be, you know, totally against the, the research. What Trump did was phenomenal in, in, uh, 
in, in bringing together the technology to be able to, to work on an innovative vaccine that could be used. It's just that it was rushed to application without the testing on the side effects sufficiently. And it fell into the hands of the politicians and the and the pharmaceuticals that that made it into something which it wasn't. And it's actually now mandating its use is a very bad idea, according to Dr. Malone, who is the inventor of it, um, because the uh, because it involves certain technical things that it does in your body that really have to be better researched before it's put on put on application to everybody. To your point about SARS, so. The, those that are approved, though, you start to find Darren Beatty, like this one journalist that exposed January 6th. I found Steve Bannon that way. I look for those that are actually the approved voices. I think Mike Lindell, we were talking about him. Mike gets lampooned. He gets made fun of. But, you know, the Bible, we are told the foolish things of the world confound the wise. And there's an element of kind of like a real simplicity about Mike. But his argument that he's putting out now in a 36-page document that he says you can download on Frank's speech, which is the legal brief of the 25 points that are significant about why the election was stolen and requires a review for the purpose of getting those machines out of use in 2022. His main goal is to get those machines replaced and get people aware that their votes don't won't count if the machines are used. You know what? He's approved in my book. If you listen to him, he's making sense. He's not a fool. He's not speaking foolishly. He's quoting data. So I say those that are approved are becoming manifest, and we're finding a lot of people will lie, Andrew, because of the privileges and benefits they get out of not telling the truth. You know, 1 Timothy 6.10 says the love of money is the root of all evil, and I really believe that if you peel back all the stuff that's happening, they are making billions off of these expensive treatments, whereas Hannity said on his program today, he had two doctors on that have treated over 7,000 patients with very cheap medications, a com kind of like a cocktail of cheap um, medications, and they've had a 100% cure rate on 7,000 patients, but they won't uh, give them the time of day and stuff. And I believe it's because they are getting That's money. Right. They're getting rich off of this and killing people in the process. Yeah, and people suppress the truth and unrighteousness. You know, you could mm -hmm. believe a lie. Hey, I think a lot of people, like if we get a chance to talk about these, um, you know, these trials that are going on over white supremacy, we don't have white supremacy on display in the United States, the way that the left wants to talk about it. Because for the left, it's a great rallying point. It's a way that they raise money. It's a way that they win elections by basically pro promoting a myth. Doesn't matter how destructive it is to American civilization and our psyche, or that CNN advertises this to all the nations of the world that we're such a white supremacist nation. Uh, the, the truth is they suppress the truth even when they've got the data. They could see the data, but they don't want to see it. And there's a judgment of God in this, Andrew. People should, be, should have the fear of the Lord on that there is a point where God will give you over to a delusion that you believe mm -hmm. a lie yeah. if you don't have pleasure in the truth. There's a point in which God <clears throat> judges your rejection of truth by giving you over to the seduction of a lie.
And we've got people in high places that have crossed a line, I think, into the area of suppressing the truth and unrighteousness, and now they're deceived, and they actually believe the lies they talk about. You know, the Kyle Rittenhouse case, mm -hmm. they were saying that that was all racism, and yet that was a white guy that tilled, killed two other white guys. Mm -hmm. One of them had hit him with a skateboard, and another one had a gun pointed at his head. And they said that was racist. And then we had three white guys that killed a black guy, and they found all of them guilty. If there was truly white supremacy, well, then those things wouldn't have happened. Right. They, they have a narrative going that is contrary to fact. And we no, are being well, fed a bunch of lies. Well, well go ahead. Well, well Lance, I'm, I'm curious about whether you see, I mean, it, it looks to me like there's some reason to believe that this kind of house of cards is beginning to crumble. Uh, you've got these two. Yeah, I wonder if it's the hand of the Lord to have these two trials going on at the same time to display to the entire American public that the American system is not racist. I mean, they tell a powerful story and they also expose the media for the liars that they are. What, how, do you see something bigger happening in, in the culture that might uh, provide us some hope for change? Well, you know, let me be technical about this. That I see, I see that the people that are doubled down, there are people on the left that are just so, I'm sorry to say this, they're so goofy that it doesn't matter what evidence you bring out because right. they don't want the evidence. They're emotionally attached to their own conclusion. So they have a belief system that is uh, almost like uh, an antivirus. They reject the truth because they don't want the truth. So you're not going to convince them. I mean, there's going to be people. Listen, Jesus did signs and wonders and miracles, and look at the half the city was divided when he was being crucified. You would think that after three and a half years of evidence of his ministry that he would have had, he would have won the crowd. Well, the crowd was kind of divided that day. So there's, I'm never going to accept the, assume that America is going to have a moment where. It's like I heard Mike Lindell say it. It'll be 9 to 0 once the, once the Supreme Court sees the evidence. It'll never be 9 to 0 because half of them are going to vote against what they see, even if they see it. They'll find a technical reason not to vote that way because they're not interested in the truth. They're interested in an agenda. But what's interesting is since the Russian collusion narrative, it took a long time. But uh, the Durham report is absolutely lethal. It is going right to exposing the guys in the FBI and in the Perkins Coy legal team funded by Hillary Clinton who doctored the evidence in order to get um, FISA warrants to surveil Trump's team. They lied. They lied in the FISA warrants. They lied about the, uh, uh, they lied about the Steele do uh, dossier. So right now, there's a lot of egg on the face. And listen, when the Washington Post, which is a Jeff Bezos publication, turns around and says we were wrong, the evidence is irrefutable. As journalists, we can't... You see, this is what you're looking for. This is the part you are looking for. The liberals that aren't died in the error, that'll never come out of it, but the liberals that are like Bill Maher, the liberals like the Washington Post, and they're blinking and going, hey, guys, what's up? We, we were wrong. We were wrong about Russia. And, uh, and so what's happening is you start to create, like with a cultic, 
person, if you can create the beginning of a doubt in their mind about their belief, you start to you start to erode the whole construct. There's a lot of people that are independents right now, and you know the data as well as I do. Some uh, 60% of them, 70% see that they made a mistake voting for Biden, being with the Democrats. They see the danger signals of big government. They don't care about the infrastructure deal. Big government scares them. And now uh, this is, so now you're finding out uh, the same thing is happening with this. You're going to see the uh, Jussie Smollett. His case is coming up. He's the one that said that he was mugged in Chicago by guys that, you know, threw bleach on him and put a right. noose around his neck and said, you're in MAGA country, which was, in a sense, hilarious because it's downtown Chicago. <laughs> it's, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning. You don't have... You don't have guys with MAGA hats in Chicago anyway. But uh, what's really hilarious is he hired two guys who are, weight, who are bodybuilders from Uganda. He, tired, he hired two black guys to play the role, and they've got enough. They came clean and said, yeah, he gave us a check. He wanted us to do this, you know. And So basically, he's cooked. But Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden, they all signed off on what a terrible thing happened to Jesse Smollett because these guys want that narrative. Yeah. The independents and the thoughtful liberals, like the, like the Bill Maher group and the Washington Post, they're the ones that give us hope because we're already convinced of what the truth is. These guys are actually starting to shift in America big time. And I believe that the majority of Americans actually know the truth. Uh, but there's, you know, I was thinking that there's a 36% approval rating of Biden's performance in the economy and stuff. And some, they're talking about how his approval rating is going down. I'm just appalled that there's 36% of the people that think he's doing okay. I mean, these people are brain dead. He shuts off the, uh, the uh, pipeline and then prices go up. And he does all of this stuff. It's just like, how dumb can you get and still breathe? I'm amazed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, exactly. He shuts down the pipeline. Then he takes the oil reserves and releases them. You know, the reserves that are there for an emergency. To solve a problem that he created. That he created, yeah. That he created. Then he says that he's going to charge even more for all oil that is on federal land so that he's going to cripple the oil companies, when he needs them now to do production and invest, he's going to punish them for being in the oil business. It's, it is about as, you know, it, it, like, you know, Brother Hagan would say, you know, it'd be funny if it wasn't so pathetic. <laughs> you know, I had Mike Pickett, our vice president of our ministry, he said if it was ineptitude, if he just was, didn't know what he was doing, then eventually he'd get something right. But he has consistently done every single thing wrong. And so he believes that the handlers of Biden know exactly what they're doing. They're out to destroy this nation and to destroy our, our energy independence, to ruin our finances, and on and on it goes. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's like, um, you know, and this is my view, not your view. I don't think I'll, I'll just say that, but stolen elections have consequences. No, that's and my if view. Okay, and you know, and if and if if uh, your pilots get yanked out of the seat and Al Qaeda is flying the plane, you can expect you're not going to land where you were expecting to go. And I think we've got people there that it's like Al Qaeda in the cockpit. You know, uh, I saw a video of Joe Biden several years ago, uh, maybe 10, 20 years. No, it was 20 years ago, 
talking about withdrawing from Afghanistan as his base was trying to get him to be in favor of that. And he was pushing back on these people. It was some cafe or somewhere. It was when he ran for president. And he was saying, yeah, but even if we do, don't you understand it's going to take a year to do it? And he withdrew the, as president, you know, in, in record time. He said, and it would, we would have to leave behind billions of dollars in equipment, he said 20 years ago. Wow. And yet he did it. So you, you have to realize, I mean, you have to see at some point that they know what they're doing and there's ideology that's driving this, these policies. Lance, did you hear that there are, lith uh, what do they call them in the batteries, uh, lithium mines in Afghanistan and that Hunter Biden is invested in them through the Chinese and that by them pulling out the Chinese have come in, they're taking over the lithium mines and Hunter Biden stands to make billions off this thing. Oh, wow. Did you I hear that one? I, I actually did not hear that one, and I'm shocked. Um, I shouldn't say I'm shocked. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm amazed that that stuff is actually still coming out and that it's I'm hearing it from you, I guess is what I'm saying, that I'm surprised this isn't the top of the news cycle. Can you imagine if Donald Trump Jr. had made billions of dollars off of a deal with Putin and it had to do with a gas line thing and that Trump made a major decision that hurt the United States, but his son made a billion dollars off it? We'd be having a, an investigation into it. Impeachment. What in the world is wrong with us? If that's true, then, then that plus... Um, plus the whole Hunter Biden, listen, the laptop, eventually the truth does come out. It's like the Durham report. I am encouraged that the Lord has not left us without a witness. It doesn't happen as fast as I want, but it comes out. And I think there's a best-selling book coming out right now on the contents of the laptop, and it's going to be a major embarrassment for the White House because the details of the content, including the deals, is about to be revealed. And that'll be one of the deals that is probably referred to in the book. But it seems like that the people that are empowered in the Senate, the House, all of the people who can actually do something about it, they just let these things slide. And you never, you never see those things happen. Now, the Durham report is really encouraging because it looks like that there's going to be some people going to jail. I hope Hillary Clinton is one of them. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Hey, man, so what do you think for the midterm elections? I really believe that the American public as a whole does not buy into what's happening. Do you see a turnaround oh, in yeah. the House and Senate? What's happening? I mean, I mean, I mean so, so here, here's, our, uh, here's the three thoughts on that. One, we could pick up as many as 60 to 90 seats. We could see the House and the Senate. This could be... This could be the largest um, backlash. That will be how the headlines will cover it. And it'll be a conservative backlash or a Republican backlash against the Democrats. That's how they're going to view it. It'll be remarkable. Providing two things. One, that these, these electoral machines, these systems, are actually able to uh, compute the votes accurately and we're going to have to have more engagement at the precinct level the good news is we had in virginia i was very interested in seeing what they would do with the machines if they would because listen we're worried about the about the votes we're worried about the the um the legality of the process it could be that we could have a we could win 
and it could show it we didn't. And that's that's just how criminal operations are. They don't care. But in Virginia, I was encouraged because we had we went from 30 percent precinct engagement with Christians and conservatives, Andrew, to 93 percent. We're getting smart. We're mm -hmm. learning, just like you guys in Colorado. Part of the awakening is it's not always glamorous and it's not always super sensational. Sometimes it's just practical. And 93% of us showed up and we were so smothering the precincts that the left couldn't cheat. And so if it comes down to rolling out the ballots from under the table or bringing in the, sh you know, the shipment at midnight till three, like they did all over the country on November 3rd and 4th, they didn't pull that one in Virginia. They did that in New Jersey, by the way, and that's how they almost lost, to their shock, they almost lost the governor's office in a state that is always going to be like one million more Democrats than Republicans. That was when the, the Democrats woke up and said, we have a problem with midterms. When New Jersey is almost flipped, along with Virginia, you, these people, 93% of them are showing up at the polling booths watching us. We could have a wipeout. So my thoughts are, we're going to see a backlash. We got to make sure the election's legal. We at least have to show up in this 93%. By the way, you go to um, precinctstrategy.com, Dan Sullivan, precinctstrategy.com. It shows you how to be able to penetrate those precincts, take control of them, and, and get control of the voting process. And the other question, Andrew, is if we do take 60 to 90 seats, Will we have the right people swept into office? Mm. Our big job is to make sure that we've got the gal that you've got, Bobert, and we get Marjorie Taylor Greens, and we get like the Matt Getz. We need to have, kind of like the left has their four horsemen of the apocalypse, we need to have about a dozen warriors that we could send into Washington that represent the backlash of the nation. Hey, Lance, I just saw this today, and this is, I get a guy that sends me about five or six conspiracy theory things a day, and so I don't know that this is true. I pray it's not true. But there was a, a blog that I got today that they said with all of these variants and everything coming out that they are anticipating that there will be such a uh, fear over the viruses that they are going to cancel the midterms. That's the only way that the Democrats could save being voted out. Have you heard anything about that? No, but I, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't put past them, that they will insist that there be ballots again that are used uh, with millions of extra ballots sent out um, and extra days for counting because of the impact of, by the mm -hmm. way, this, this, you know, it's funny about this, if there's such a thing as funny about this, this COVID deception that's going on is that the uh, the name of this variant, they followed the Greek alphabet. So sure. the next variant, this one was supposed to be the NU, the new variant, the new variant. Um, but they dropped it because they said, well, it's confusing because new sounds like the new variant. But the reason they dropped it is because what follows the new variant? is the XI variant, yes. which is the she variant. <laughs> and so what really is embarrassing Sorry. is the next variant after this one is the she variant, and that, that reflects directly on Wuhan, President Xi, 
where the where the virus came out of Wuhan. And so the World Health Organization said, let's switch this now and not use this. It's kind of like naming hurricanes. Let's stop with the females. Let's call it George, you know, something like that. So they're going from the new variant. They don't want the she variant, the XI variant. They want to get out of there now. So they're changing it entirely. Why, I tell you, the world has lost its ever-loving mind. I don't know if it ever had one, but it's what this is doing. It is showing the light and the dark. Yes, you is. know, back when I was a teenager, I, I was frustrated because I'd try and witness to people, and they'd think, well, I'm a Christian, and they didn't realize they weren't a Christian, and I had to spend half my time trying to convince a person. And so uh, I used to say back then, this is 50, 60 years ago, that someday all this gray area is going to be gone, and it's going to be either white or black. People will be either hot or cold, but all of this lukewarmness is gone. And that's happening in our nation. People are taking sides one way or the other, but there's very few people indifferent over all of this. Yes, absolutely. So I think in a way that's good. They're well, it is good because, because the folks that are showing up on our side of the ledger are the, uh, are the people that really want freedom. And there's a high number of uh, people on the left and independents that have not been Christians who, are, who share with us a a legitimate concern that the government is becoming tyrannical, totalitarian, and authoritarian, and that the COVID issue and the shutdowns, the lockdowns, the forced vaccine is the line in the sand that we must not back up on. And that's encouraging because it puts a whole lot of people in proximity to us that, uh, that are on the same side of the battle. Well, we need to go to some questions here pretty soon. But let me ask you this one last thing. What is, what is your uh, view on vaccine passports? Are people losing their job because they don't get a vaccine? Do you think any of this has any constitutionality to it? Does it not only does it not have constitutionality, it all goes back to what our audience needs to really understand more of. There's a global agenda. The Bill Gateses of this world and... Uh, the, the, the Soroses, they have a global vision. Their money is made and they're dispersed with the vaccines and the pharmaceuticals all over the world. They make their money off of all these countries. They're not just Americans. And they have a vision and have had a vision for the last decade that is coming to maturity. And it's really called, uh, they call it the Great Reset. Mm -hmm. But it comes out of Davos, Switzerland. The architect, the head of the organization of the World Economic Forum is Klaus Schwab. You can't make this up. It sounds like a villain out of a James Bond novel. And Klaus Schwab is insisting that we must have an entirely new world order, new business, no money, or digital. And, and this guy has the world's elites, Prince Charles included, the world's banking interests, the big corporations, all in unity around the fact that uh, it was climate change. They were going to hammer climate as the reason we need to have global governance, global economics, and global um, strategies that, that, that bring the unity of the nations into one and breaks down our divisions to fight climate. But people weren't buying the climate argument. But with COVID, he said, wait a second, it's COVID. That's what it is. So he shifted over to COVID when he saw that show up. He wrote a book. Um, which, uh, which is the fourth, I guess it's the fourth industrial um, era is like the name of the book. 
But the book is about the Great Reset. It's his vision. The fourth industrial revolution is what the book is. And, and this goes into transhumanism. He not only believes that a global economy can be established, that you can lose all property ownership. This is classic socialism. You lose ownership, but you'll be happier because all of your needs will be met by this utopian government that will be watching out for you. And uh, transhumanism says that he believes that science, Andrew, is so advancing with biology that there is a beautiful eventuality that technology and the human being can merge into a unity. And uh, so, for instance, in, in one sense, you might have a pacemaker. Well, that's technology. He says, but suppose that we could go beyond that and you could add, imagine this. They would love to monitor your emotions to see if you're in agreement with them or not. They'd love to monitor your location hmm. to see where you are. And they would love to monitor your transactions, which is all part of the biotechnology. This is the precursor to the mark of the beast. And, th and, it's, and, it, and it used to be, we would say this, they would call this a conspiracy theory. And Alex Jones, you know, smoking dope, uh, you know, conversation. But it's now out of the closet. It is their actual intellectual proposition. What they're waiting for is a global crisis economically, which is where America is doing its job to collapse America, so that the world economy can have a reset where they can redefine global priorities about climate, about social inclusivity, and, uh, and about, um, about ownership of property, and also probably these vaccines and the technology of the jab. So Lance, um, I heard Glenn Beck talking about this, um, that the Great Reset people um, uh, that their goal is to implement the social credit score that's being used in China. They want to do that worldwide. And uh, that the, you know, we saw how the, um, uh, the IRS wanted in America to require reporting of every transaction in your bank account, more than $600, that that is the uh, beginning step toward that. Um, <clears throat> and Biden has already announced, the federal government has already announced that we are headed towards a digital dollar, a digital currency. So their goal is to have a one world currency, it's digital in nature, and then they will, they will uh, the, the idea is that people will be allocated resources, financial resources, based on their performance on the social credit score, which basically means your adherence to their uh, satanic value system is really what it is. So um, I think you're right on there. Well, we can't get rid of these people quick enough. Yeah. yeah exactly, exactly. And which is why I say they're like Al-Qaeda. So the, uh, the other side of this is it's the devil's nature. It's the nature of, of um, lust and ambition to overreach. Mm -hmm. I believe this is all more ambitious than the temperament, values, and disposition of people want. And what they're not reporting in the news is 100,000 people in Milan, Italy, and in Florence, and in Germany um, that are out on the street protesting. And this is in Europe. Uh, what they're not covering is the fact that uh, midterms is going to be a repudiation of this whole agenda, that Americans are interested in quality of life. They're not interested in losing their freedom. In fact, the, it's, the pushback is, is already in the atmosphere. You're not seeing a whole lot of people 
that are willing to that are talking about tolerating more shutdowns. If anything, Washington is aware of the fact that they got to be really careful how they go in this thing. Hey, listen, man, we have an infrastructure problem right now with a with a supply chain you keep hearing about. And what what do these knuckleheads do? It's fascinating. It's comical. They decide that they're going to go to truck drivers and force them to get vaccinated based on like OSHA ruling, which is finding a government agency to enforce your like Klaus Schwab. You will do it, I tell you. So they're going. So Biden figures out go through OSHA. Well, okay. Guess what? Forty percent of the truckers. Tell me what you know about truckers. Those are the guys listening to talk radio. Those are the guys that like their independence. That's why they're truckers. They're not working in the office. These are guys that probably have their own opinions in middle America, and they're not necessarily following uh, the West Coast, East Coast elites. Guess what? 40% of them said, I'm not getting a vaccine jab. If you make me do it, you're not going to have a truck. This is while we already have a problem with our infrastructure, the Biden administration these guys are such nincompoops. They're actually putting the country yep. into further disarray. But the voters, listen, they also know they may want to destroy America. But here's the weird thing. You destroy it too quickly and the people will vote you the heck out of office. And that's what's about to happen. Every time he tries to fix something, he makes it absolutely worse. It's just terrible. We need to take some questions here. Absolutely. Well, man, there are a lot of them here. Um, here, here we have uh, Thaddeus on chat wants to know, and we, hear, we get this question a lot, but what does one do when one's church leader, love his formal question, uh, when one's church leader does not want to know what's happening and is not interested in warning the people? Don't let life? the door hit you on the way out <laughs> would be my <laughs> suggestion. What do you say, Lance? Yeah, I mean... So it all, it all, you know, taking the, taking. I don't have enough information in that question. So I remember when I pastored, I was never enough pro-life for the pro-lifers. I mean, they wanted me to do something every Sunday, um, and so if. But if you have a, ch a church leadership whose philosophy is that we don't, we don't have any resource for educating, illuminating, or informing our people or encouraging them in engagement and responsibility, if that's where they're at, guess what? You have outgrown the church. Rather than being uh, in strife with it, pray for God to show you a place you could go that is going to be able to speak the same language as you. Personally, Andrew, I would love to see you know, you've got these great Bible studies, and you got your uh, your, your college is, is is designed in such a unique way. I I actually am willing to believe we need to maybe start some small ecclesias, some gatherings that are going to be based upon saints that want to pray, that want to be active, that want to move in the Holy Ghost, but want to be strategic in the battle for their country. And I'll bet you we could gather them together just like you've done with your Bible school, and we'd have nine to 12 people that are just looking for that kind of community, and they could, they could self-mobilize all over the country in the next year, and you'd have a 1,000 new congregations. Well, we're already doing this with David Riffle. What was he? Yeah, Culture Impact Teams. Culture Impact teams. teams, and so we have those here in, in Karis. We have them in the Springs. Uh, mm -hmm. So that, that is being done. Yeah, those can All be right. done well, really easily. And we've got links on our website for that. Yep. So 
Uh, where do they go? Where do they go for that? Go they to go our uh, truthandliberty.net uh, slash resources. Go to the resources page. Scroll down until you find uh, culture impact teams or community impact teams. And there's a whole uh, series of links there that give you all the information you need to know on how to set that up. It's a it's a program originally started by Family Research Council, so, but you don't, uh, and, and we're fully behind that, but you don't have to use their format exactly, you can, but you can uh, gain inspiration from their materials. And the idea is to set up a group inside your church that is the liaison between the church and the pastor and the public square, and you inform the members of your church and uh, get recruits and people to get involved and that sort of thing. And it works with, with great success. You bring in speakers, you bring in, you can have public forums, uh, you can inform people about candidates and all kinds of things. It's just, we could talk all night about it. Yeah. Well, uh, so Thaddeus, that's where you go. Go to Truth and Liberty and join one of those teams and ask them where do they go to church and maybe go back to your pastor and say, he doesn't want to do it, you'll do it. Would he, would he allow you to form one? And because he's probably got other people just like you that want to do something and are a little frustrated that he's not doing it for them. Mm -hmm. Well, here's a great question, Lance. Uh, this person, Anna, on chat wants to know your thoughts about uh, Facebook's move toward meta-universe. Have you heard about that? Are you familiar with that concept and what they're doing there? Yes, my friends. This is all part of the, uh, this is the future, folks. I'm telling you, the metaverse is, so we have Web 1.0 was the old school before, uh, what you and I are in is Web 2.0. That's like with Facebook and Google and video chats. Web 3.0 is going to put us into a different kind of a world. But I have some young Christian tech millennials that say, let's not always freak out about the next technology. Let's get in there like pioneers and grab it. So here's what they say. Imagine if you go into this world where Andrew Womack is there in this metaverse and he's teaching and he's got this, uh, you know, fictitious world around him. But it's the sea it's the Sea of Galilee is there and the mountains are there. And he's there teaching about the miracles of Jesus. And there's actually animation going on showing you the miracle. And it's and it's in other words. It's a higher level of going into the world that someone else creates. And in that world, you have your own house, your own artwork, your own, your own identity. It's kind of, it's, it's where things are going. So I bought Facebook's Oculus. Oculus is a 3D thing you put in your head. And to be honest with you, I bought it because I've got some 10-year-old kids and 11-year-olds that I'm mentoring. And, uh, and that's how we play on Sunday. They come over and I, and, and I put them on the Oculus. And in it, you go into a 360 world like Jurassic Park and there's dinosaurs there. And, you know, and you're actually interacting in this invisible world. You've got your eyes are there, your ears are there. So then when I, re I realized that some people are grabbing the real estate there to preach and they're setting up evangelism outposts and they're actually getting cyber congregations showing up of these gamers and people that, well, they'll wander over there to see your, your sermon by the Sermon on the Mount. And so I'm looking at that and going, this is going to be the escape world of the future. It, right now you see people walking around like this in the airport. And it's so funny. You see people like this at a table. It's going to shift. And it might be with this transhumanism, people are going to shift into their own devices and it's going to be, they're going to be in another world. 
and they're going to be escaping this world. All I'm telling you is, it's not, I'm not happy about the way technology is making life abnormal, but I understand when I talk to young tech people, how with cryptocurrency, for instance, with cryptocurrency, I don't like this digital discussion about no dollar. I don't like the fact that I could be shut down and I can't buy or sell without a digital passport or, or a device. But cryptocurrency, Andrew, is a different idea. In crypto, it's designed in a way that even the government has a problem controlling it. It's like it's putting power back into the hands of the person that has the technology. And so it might be, I'm not saying this, I don't want to get ahead of the conversation. God might even be in some innovations that will slow down the ability of the devil to control us because there'll be a backlash against the government is going to happen in America. And I think there's technology that might allow us more autonomy, like cryptocurrency, that'll make it hard for government to control your transactions. And I wouldn't worry about the metaverse yet. Um, it's going to be a propaganda tool. But right now, it's like the Internet. We can use it for our purposes to preach the gospel. I hadn't That's even heard about any of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, wow. It's not in the Bible. I don't know much about it. <laughs> well, uh, here's another question, um, Lance, and that is, uh, uh, what about all that is going on in Australia? Now, we touched on that earlier. Uh, Bill on Facebook wants to know about that. Um, how extreme is it down there? Do you have any inside information, any thoughts about that? Yeah, we're hearing about the indigenous people, which is particularly strange. Isn't that like the natives, the natives of Australia, that they're those that are the least probably responsive to the vaccine mandates and such? They're hauling people off and making them go to these forced internment centers, which is kind of like a cross between Motel 6, I guess, and Auschwitz, something weird. But it's like you have to, <laughs> you have the light to on go for you. there. And what, and what strikes me is really, and, the, and Austria, this is not Australia, but Austria is also doing a forced lockdown of everyone who has not taken the vaccine and, and requiring them to shelter in place. What, what is bothersome about this is democracies that three or four years ago we thought were such healthy, vibrant, strong, liberal elements. What we need to realize as Christians is a liberal democracy with all of its freedom, embracing LGBTQ and whatever, is actually weak without the gospel as a, as a cement Amen. in the mix. Amen. It is more fragile. It falls quickly into a dictatorial, totalitarian, absolute rule because it doesn't have a moral matrix that is fixed and that allows the individual and God to stand alone. It becomes a collective where the, where the state allows everything and everybody is, in, is, is, is dependent on the state. The state can turn like that and every, nobody has a backbone to push back because they don't have a worldview to push back from. When the church is strong, it puts in check the power of corruption in democracies. Amen. Wow, well you said. Know, this goes back to our founding fathers. John Adams says, man, there's not enough laws on the books to restrain evil in the heart of people. If America ever ceases to be godly, that, uh, that the ungodly will go through just like a whale through a net. Mm -hmm. There's no way to restrain it. And he it. wasn't the only one. There was many of our founding fathers that said that it was the gospel that made America work. 
And boy, today we've had a minimal, uh, minimizing of the gospel in this nation, and that's the reason that we're in the mess we're in. That's absolutely right. Yeah. So um, we have coming up this uh, uh, Wednesday, I think, is oral argument in the Dobbs case, the, pro, the abortion case that a lot of people think might result in the reversal of Roe versus Wade. And uh, we have a viewer wanting to know what your thoughts are about that, and are you optimistic about the, result, the chance of uh, that case getting reversed? And let, me, let me tell you where the danger is, and this is the weird part. So Dobbs versus Mississippi, the Supreme Court indeed could uh, rule, and I guess the ruling would basically be perceived as an overturning of Roe v. Wade, but it actually would send it back to the states, right? So that the states would have to make their own determination. But that the argument there is that uh, I think it's 16 weeks or something like that, or, or, is, it, or is it six weeks or eight weeks? It's 15, a certain yeah. Number, they outlawed abortion weeks, after right. 15 weeks, yeah. Right, after 15 weeks. Now, now here's the part, this is going to be a little controversial for us right now on a Christian program, but let me tell you what, this, what the talk on the street is. So, in a sense, we might do a victory lap because looks like Roe v. Wade got overturned, all right. But now what weapon does this give to the Democrats and to a morally weak America that doesn't share our values? I mean, listen, you know, we have strong values on, on same-sex marriage. It's not shared at all by the majority of folks out there. Maybe a lot of Americans feel that way, but there's no, there's no pushback on it in culture. It's celebrated almost. Hey, Lance, Here's we got problem. only one minute and 20 seconds before we got to go. Oh, my God. So all right, all right, all right, let me tell you, I'll speed it up. <laughs> The, the, the word that I'm hearing is 15 weeks is, 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 no, is too long, even for us Christians. But the fact is, it has to almost be like two months or three months, it has to be like 40 days or 50 days, it has to go further out in order for 50% of America to be comfortable with it. So we have a job to do. That's what I'm saying. If we win this thing, it could be a weapon the left will use against us. I, I'm just giving you guys the reality of how the game works. Well, you need to watch my programs where I interviewed Kristen Hawkins, uh, uh, Melissa Oden, and Janet Porter, mm. and they'll be aired the week of the Roe versus Wade anniversary in January. We've discussed all of this. It's going to be awesome. Lance, good, good, thanks, good. For, thanks for being with us tonight. Thank all of you for watching, and you can go. How do they get hold of you, Lance, real quickly? LanceWellnow.com. Go to LanceWellnow.com forward slash podcast and catch our new daily radio update on the news. Amen. So we got to go. Thanks again to CTN for carrying this on their programs, and uh, God bless you all. We'll see you again next Monday night for Truth and Liberty Live. Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net.